Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the first ever Leadership Podcast. And I'm your host, Cedric Carter, with the Vesta Group. And with me, I've got James Martin, who is the COO at Voluntary Purchasing. Thanks so much for being with us today, James. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, glad to. So what we want to do here is we want to ask you a few questions. Um, this is the first time ever, so you're kind of our guinea pig. So thanks again. But what we really want to talk about is just some insight from leadership, some things that you've learned, and just learn a little bit about you and how you lead and some of the challenges that could help a few folks out there. So start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, give us the background a little bit. All right. So James Martin, uh, currently the CEO at Voluntary Purchasing Group. Um, my background is pretty interesting as, as far as it goes with Vested Group. Um, historically, was was uh, in the ERP consulting industry for about 15 years um, so left consulting and went into industry and uh, been with the uh, APG since then my background's manufacturing distribution type of type of companies prior to and after ERP consulting um, okay now you, you mentioned BPG so that's voluntary purchase yes what, what is that what do you do so we are a company that is uh, was formed by a number of independent distributors and independent retailers that are servicing the lawn and garden uh, industry for fertilization products and pesticides and that kind of thing. Any, anything that you would use in for your home lawn and home garden type of product. So we only sell to independents um, originally when we were created. That's the voluntary purchasing group name was because we were out there they were they created the company in order to be able to compete with the home depots and the big box type of stores so they could have their own brand basically and not have to compete against the, the, the big box market okay right. so, and then and they, they've grown since since that so you know i gotta ask this given the, the, the period you know in history that the world is in with COVID, how's business? It's definitely made things quite interesting. Um, you know, we are, are have been deemed an essential company. So, from an operational standpoint, um, we're operating as normal well, as it can be right now. Mm -hmm. We've altered a few things, trying to increase uh, cleaning and distance people from each other, alternate breaks, do those kind of things. Uh, trying to keep everybody well and uh, so far it's, it's, it's worked out well for us it is um with everybody being home or a lot of people being home everybody's wanting to get outside and do yard work right now so <laughs> our business right now is actually booming uh it's it's really difficult to keep up quite honestly we do have some people that are not at work or having to not quite as efficient at home with all the breaks and stuff so we're, we're Doing everything we can to keep up, but uh, I mean, it's great from our standpoint. I wish overall the economy was as able to be impacted like this, like we are. But uh, for us, in the region, it's been a blessing. Yeah. All right. So we take what we can get. I tell you, you know, I get up in the morning, I swear, it's got to be sometime around 6 30 in the morning that I hear the mowers and the weeders going, and, every, and this is every day. And I'm going, it. I don't remember being like this every day before this when I would get up in the morning, you know, but I swear there's four or five houses on the street 
that, man, you got everybody going their outside doing stuff. So that's great that your business is, is continues to thrive in this. Now, and I mentioned that you are you are the COO there. So what does that what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, much anything uh, operationally from you know, forecasting through planning through buying through sales orders coming in, uh, shipping out, manufacturing, uh, warehousing. Uh, okay. Now, why that you said that you years ago you're an ERP. Right, that's enterprise resource planning for those folks that may not know that. Um, that's very different from systems and technology to now you're a charge. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's it's a uh, it's pretty well well like so prior to the you know, prior to working at Arthur Anderson, I, I was in industry in manufacturing distribution. Um, it was in metal buildings basically, but but still in that. Yeah. After that. Uh, the last little ERP on the board, and another board member um, was in the agriculture industry, and he and I became fairly fairly close. And he knew of my background from the manufacturing standpoint. That even in the ERP industry, generally, I focused on the manufacturing. Well, he had gotten the CEO role at this company, and he asked me about go check it out and just give him some input. As a consultant initially, and um, so I did that and put together kind of a plan of what they needed to do because the company was kind of a it was a turnaround, not necessarily a financial turnaround, but an operational turnaround. And um, they presented that to him and the board, and they asked me about stay around for six months to implement that strategy. And um, six months turned into nine, seven years. <laughs> so um, we that's kind of how it, and and prior to that, it's really interesting because even during some of the ERP, I got into agriculture as well, um, creating some of our own products that sell to, to different uh, ag market, and so I kind of got a little bit of a, a taste for that overall the, the chemical side of that that business. So it kind of allowed me to go in there and look different views. That's how it happens. Mm -hmm. So it helps to know people. It does. Uh, I definitely help to know people. <laughs> no doubt about that. Networking is just is, is key. I wish I was better at it. Than mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same here. Well, that's good. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about kind of how you lead and kind of your thought process and strategy behind it. And I've got a question here is, you know, how do you continue to grow as a leader? You know, it's uh, it's interesting because I think uh, a lot of times you you do it without really thinking about I'm doing this to grow, right? You know, you'll you'll maybe morning devotional and something will hit you, and then be you know what, um, this is how maybe I can can help this person along, get them to. Uh, be more willing to follow, or um, just help them through this, or maybe just even even take my intensity down a little bit when maybe others are are needing a little more care. If yeah. You will. 
um, which is not at all a strong suit of mine. Um, I think we'll probably find that in a little while. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just trying to, to, to allow myself to take a step back and focus on what people do mm-hmm. more so than what I want them to do. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if you focus on that, then the rest comes with. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that I live with, I think, every day. Yeah. Because uh, that's not my normal. Uh, my, my <laughs> yeah, I think you and I are a lot alike in that area, right? People, they're not like us, we're forced to. If I had to sum up what you're telling us, is people are all different. We got to step back, and sometimes we got to meet them right where they're at. All right, that's good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that. All right, so when we kind of look at how you got to where you are today, we're not young guys anymore, and you you look back in the history and how you got there, and you think, oh man, I did this, I wish I would have done this differently. If you could go back and talk to James of 20 years ago, what would you tell him? Man, um, would probably have to uh, to let him know that uh, you know, even though intensity and, and is is great, there are there are also other things in life. Uh, you, I think at times you get so into things, uh, most wanting to be successful, wanting to do best that you possibly can do, achieve all that you can, and a lot of times you'll leave things, family, people on the wayside, you know, and uh, uh, that a lot of times can can cause internal conflict, it can uh, can cause conflict with others, and uh, I think if you're more, if you you hold people along, you know, with you, just understand that there's much more life than just business. Mm-hmm. You know, many, many years to, to get there. Um, and, and I think that was a constant internal struggle because of the Yeah. And now, if you, I was to tell myself that you know, what you're doing is, is you're there for people. Mm-hmm. You want to. Wow. Wow. That's great. Save a lot of heartache, right? It would definitely have said a lot All right. So I got a, I guess we'll say a silly one here for you. Would you say that you are a clear the inbox kind of guy or you have a thousand unread emails? You know, it's it's, it's crazy because probably the biggest thing that, that irks me, and I guess I can understand our, our, our kids a little bit more, is if I ever have a little red number on my phone, it, 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 I can't not you know, I have to quickly go in there and get rid of that red number, whether it's just the general settings or an email. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm definitely a really impulse guy. Even when I'm on vacation, I, I can't not go okay. and check my check my email. So now is it a let me go look at it so I can get rid of the number or am I gonna read it and take some action and follow through? I will try not to take action but but generally it, it it depends on me. I will also take action. Okay. I just hate to, to, from a vacation standpoint, get back and then be over. 
bombarded, I get back and feel actually relaxed instead of two days of sorting through emails, which I've also tried before. Yeah. So you you mentioned understanding the kids right now. You're imagine you're getting to spend right, a lot more time with them than you probably ever have before. Right? But maybe it's like summer. I know you're still you're still going to work, but yeah. you know, there's more time with them. What, have you learned anything from them or about them? Wow, it's a, that's that's it. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been interesting because I like I said I'm still going to work, but in the evenings, they it used to be run a kid here, run a kid there, run, you know, pass the wife, and, you know, on the driveway when, when you're taking a kid, somebody can bring them back. Um, and it's been it's been nice because you can actually have some longer conversation, with them, you know, and, they, and they're actually focused on you instead of just going the next person. Yeah. So, that's That's so is there anything that you're doing today that you think, man, I, you picked up this habit, man, I got to keep doing this once we're out of COVID? You know, we very intermittently did, did a, a, a family devotions that night. Okay. And it would be a, a it was Tuesday night, Thursday night, when we do that and then we may make one may make two you know? and now we're doing it doing it tonight there and um, it's, it's that's that's been a nice you know no distractions yeah at that point I mean, they're there i'm there so it's uh that's been nice that's great this is a great time to get on top of that because i'll tell you we'll, we'll be sitting you know first like by most folks who are watching church online. Mm -hmm. Our pastor's been talking about, you know, all these great things you can do with your kids. Well, my kids are 25 and 23. <laughs> yeah. So all that does is make me feel bad about what I didn't do with this stuff. So that's great to hear that you're taking advantage of this time, man. That's, that's great. So let me ask you this. At work, um, so switch back to work mode now. What, what's your biggest question? Probably have, I probably have top two. Number one is um, coming to me with a problem and just trying to throw it on the lap. I expect if you come to me with a problem, I expect you to come with that solution. Or at least some thoughts around it. Work through that together. Uh, and the other is just probably when I ask somebody, let's do this, and their first answer is no, can't be done. You know, without really a thought around yeah. what, how could we accomplish it, or maybe not like this, or like this. Um, those are probably two that will, the people around me know that those are my pet peeves. I don't keep those secret minded. So we'll probably see that somewhere reflected in your top five strengths. I right? assume you probably <laughs> <do>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, when you look at your organization, and this just doesn't have to be around work or your organization, this is just life in general, but you know, what are, do you have a set of defined core values that you operate from? You know, I try to, we definitely have one at work that's, you know, we communicate to everybody, but I somewhat try to live my life. But number one is that uh, treat everybody the way you'll meet. 
you want to do that. And um, that's a high calling, certainly. And fail at it probably did. Uh, but there's a lot of good to do there in a lot of good there as well. And so always try to try to live that way. And number two is just focus on business life. You know, the home, like, not, not don't get emotions involved, mm-hmm. but don't let your emotions drive you. Mm-hmm. Uh, focus on life, focus on the day, and make some good decisions. Move forward. That's the thing. And number three is just customer growth. Exist to exceed the wants and expectations of your customer. Mm. Right. Customer can be, you know, you I'm here exactly. So, uh, so, you know, just living that way then, doing those three things and just have fun. Yeah. You know, life's too short. Not that many times. You know, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Are you having fun? I am. Yeah. So what do you what do you do out what do you do to have fun? You know, I, I most people will think outside of work and I do things outside of work fun, but even inside of work, I really enjoy work. I enjoy solving problems, getting better, helping people grow, all those things to really kinda of get energized. And then same with at home with kiddos. Yeah. As well. And uh, you know, from a Past time standpoint, I love being out of work. I like hunting, fishing, all those kind of things. And uh, that, that's probably where I, if I want to like kind of retreat, if you will, it's yeah. outside. Okay. So those those things that you, you mentioned that you love, that you enjoy, you have fun with at work, and you ever do some things at home, are, are those things? Can they translate into the home life as well? Those same things that um, excite you at work? Yeah, absolutely. Home? absolutely. Right? Especially with kids. Okay. You know, because, um, you know, sometimes it, it's hard to drag their problems out of them, you know? mm-hmm. but to, to walk through things uh, with them, helping them learn, um, sometimes that's good learning, something that's not good learning, yeah. that, you know, as a, as a parent. Um, but just being able to walk them through and just see them grow. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, I was telling right, the dad is probably the most rewarding job I've ever, I've ever had. Hard job, isn't it? Yes, um, But it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's great seeing it. And, and it, it also, you know, you always think on the, when you have kids, hey, I'm going to have kids and they're all going to be the same, right? <laughs> well, it's far from the same. I, I have twins, and they're about as just as opposite as they get. So, just understanding, and that's probably one of my biggest learnings, even at work, is everybody's different. Yeah. And I wish everybody was me, not not because I'm great, but because I know me, yeah. and I know yeah. how I operate. And uh, but very few people operate the same. So, uh, just to you know to see that in even your own offspring, you know, it further solidifies that they the world like that. And you gotta learn how to, to deal with people differently. Yeah. You know, I know sometimes you come to that realization too. We think we want everybody to be like us, but every now and again we get worse of ourselves and our kids <laughs> and you go, Man, I'm really not like you. <laughs> yeah, I probably have a lot more conflict if everybody was just like me. But um 
Yeah, that's that's for sure. It definitely takes off. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got. I think I got one final question. One final question for you. And if you had the opportunity to go at any point, any point in time in history and live during that that time period, what would it be? What would you be doing? You know, it's interesting because I. I if you asked me this probably two months ago, it'd be a different answer than what it is today, but like the 50s and 60s. Okay. And now you think about uh, Leave it to Beaver and uh, you know, all those little shows like that, you know, the family yeah. unit type of shows. And it's it's with this whole COVID pandemic thing, everybody's, you know, more people are at home. And you see people, you're walking around the neighborhood, you see people you never have. I didn't know half the people in my neighborhood. You know, I see them walking around, say hello, and I had a distance. But um, no, not really. I'm, I'm kind of against this whole COVID. But um, the uh, but just that era, you know, the, the family unit, the the hey, we're all Americans. We're all together. We're you know just the cohesive. Uh, what it seems like, you know, there obviously, but what it seemed like uh, was back then. It's it very. Um, it would seem like. All right, good. Well, with that, man, our time is up. I really appreciate you joining us today for our, again our first ever leadership series. Um, this is awesome. I can't thank you, bud. So, hey, in the spirit of COVID, we're shaking All hands, right, man. Thank you, bud. certified strengths coach for the Vesta group for about three years now and I'm really excited to sit with James uh, for a little bit. Um, I have sort of awkwardly been sitting off to the side as you were having your conversation um, and listening about you and what leadership is like for you and I have your Gallup strengths finder results and so I was sitting off to the side listening to you talk and to hear all of your strengths and what you were talking about what your pet peeves were and what's important to you and how you lead. Um, and so I thought we could spend some time going over what the results were and then talk a little bit about um, maybe how to improve on some areas. I think that's kind of what I do in the best of group is I'll come in, meet with employees at all levels um, and help them learn about their strengths and how they can utilize them more work. But the idea of being not focusing so much on what our weaknesses are or what we're not great at, but be more of our effort and emphasis on what we sell them naturally. So, sound good? Okay, so um, there are four areas that strengths are divided into. Relationship building being one, um, influencing being another, strategic thinking, and executing. Um, you have three of those areas in your top 10. Relationship building is at the bottom, which kind of made me laugh a little bit when you're talking uh, before about show and care and sometimes how difficult that is. So we'll talk a little bit about how you can use strengths you do have to make that. Um, but you are really dominant in influencing strengths. And that is actually the least common group of strengths that there are. So nice work. I thought your competition would really enjoy that. Yes. Um, okay, so the first strength that you have as your strongest is self-assurance. I kind of describe self-assurance as being really about intuition. So it's kind of this internal compass that allows you to have, be really assured on what it is that you're doing, right? You kind of can walk into a room, you feel really confident 
about what you know. You know what you know, you know what you don't know, right? So what is that, what's it like to kind of have that internal? Have you always felt that in the workplace? <laughs> it sounds kind of arrogant to say that, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I guess I always do, or, or at least it's, it's something that, that I have got experience in. I, I always have a pretty good feeling of confidence that, that I, I, I feel confident to rely on myself. Yeah. It is, you know, a lot of us will be a little arrogant and strange to talk about because we don't talk about our talent. Yeah. Right? We usually talk about what we need to improve upon, so it feels boastful. Right. Um, but self assurance is really, it's one of the rarest of all 34 strengths. Um, so for it to be number one is kind of a big deal. And I think people who have self assurance when they come into the workplace, that's probably a strength that others really know about you, but don't necessarily have a word for. If you come in and say, this is the area we're gonna, the direction we're gonna go in, and this is why, your self-assurance probably comes up the most then, and people feel comfortable in that. You know, it's a confidence of, okay, James clearly knows exactly where we're going and what we're doing, so we're gonna go with him, right? It's got that influential kind of push to it. So competition was your number two. It's one of my most favorite, actually, uh, as a strength, because it's so easy to understand. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, self-assurance could be kind of, uh, there's some depth to it. Like, it's really, you got to think about it for a little bit. Competition is not. <laughs> it's just about the win. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it has nothing to do. There's no, I want to play for the love of the game, and I just want to, you know, you don't. Yeah. You That's just true. actually want to beat the next person. So how... How early do you could you feel that? I mean, can you go back to like childhood and really remember having that competitive drive? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, we played a lot of games as kids with the grandparents and parents and stuff. And yeah, I, I definitely, I, as long as I can remember playing games, I definitely wanted to win. And well, I was probably a little upset if I didn't. <laughs> and um, I remember one time actually. Uh, first or second grade and I didn't really like reading that much but there was a uh, whoever reads the most books absolutely just just because I wanted to win yeah not because I wanted to read a bunch of books no but um so yeah that's awesome you know competition what's great about that strength is it is actually really easy to motivate right for you um, and anybody else who has competition with talent, the most important thing at the end of the day is you always have a benchmark. Mm -hmm. So that strength you can tell gets kind of uncomfortable or stagnant when you don't know what the competition is, what it is that you need to be. Right. And for that strength, it's not ever self-competition. So there's other strengths that can make it to where you want to compete, maximize, or maybe it's one where you, know, you want to compete against self. But competition as a strength isn't about self. Right. It's absolutely about something. So making sure that you know who that person is, they don't have to know that. But as long as you know who it is that you need to beat me on this, that kind of helps you get that strength broken. Strategic, your number three. So strategic is, um, I would say, one of the fastest moving strengths of the 34. Uh, it actually, like self-assurance, is very assured in how it processes something. So strategic can, I kind of, are you a football person-ish? Uh, yeah. Enough? Okay. 
I feel like with football, it's easiest to explain strategic. So I kind of think of somebody in the quarterback position sort of reading the field and deciding, okay, here are the three different routes we can take that I know based on how the defense is lined up. Um, I can weed out that one because it's not going to work because that guy's a loser. So these two are the ones that we're going to go for. That's kind of how strategic process is. So really quickly, you're able to see what are the two different routes that we can take that I know will work for us to get from A to B. Um, I'm curious, have you ever gotten feedback um, from employees or colleagues uh, asking you to explain your thought process to them in some way? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, and, and, and a lot of times, seven translation on it, it's sometimes difficult to explain. It's a, yeah. I, I said, well, it, Deal. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, a lot of times it's difficult to put in the, put in the work. I think a lot of times it's you know, self assurance part. Assuring them, hey, this really is. I can't explain every little detail around why this is the right way to go. You just need to go, but this is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, uh, yeah. That combo that you have of self assurance and strategic, that's pretty boss. Those two together. I think strategic is exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's, I mean, all of our strengths, you know, they're like the end of your nose. They're so close to you that you can't, it's hard to explain them. It's hard to help others understand, you know, your perspective of thinking right because why doesn't everybody else kind of think that way? You said that a little bit earlier, like it's easier for everyone's obligated, but it would. Um, but strategic, I think it moves so quickly, and then you couple that with self assurance, right? And you just, in a second, gut instinct no. You know, this way's gonna work and this way's not. And I just need folks to like jump on board and go. Um, that would be those two strengths kind of pairing up together for you, I think. Uh, with strategic, I would sort of suggest every now and then challenging yourself to slow down and explain the thought process right after you have it if you're able to. Um, because there are probably people around the table like myself who have strategic really low who are sitting in their chair going, I don't know what is going on right now? I don't know what he's saying. Where are we on the page? Because it moves so fast. So that strength is one that it's amazing. Um, but you'll have to check in with people every now and then make sure that they're, they're with you. So achiever number four. Um, I heard achiever uh, in you a lot when you were talking um, earlier about uh, you kept saying a couple of things about enjoying working, like you really enjoy working. Um, achievers sometimes get a lot of flack, I think, for that specific strength. So that strength actually does. It really likes to work. It likes a full plate. It's uncomfortable when you're sitting on the couch, you know there are things that could be done and you're not doing them, right? Um, and so I think easy on yourself a little bit with that feeling like you just kind of need to always be doing. That's what your talent is. It's always doing. Um, where we kind of have to watch, I share that one with you, where we kind of have to watch Achiever a little bit is making sure that we are communicating with other people that that is part of us and that we don't necessarily have the expectation that we're matching. Right? Because we that's what people do. Someone might see you, someone at home or someone at work might see you just like going bananas through a to-do list and working on vacation and, you know, whatever and feel like, but I don't. I just want to sit. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to look lazy, right? And that's just that achiever kind of wanting to make sure that it always has something going for it. Um, but it's it's amazing. I mean, how has your um, 
Do you have like a two-deals for the weekend? It's generally handed to me on Friday when I get home. Oh, nice. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, no, I mean, yeah. I don't know if, if I'm, I'm not a big write everything down. I'm more of a oh, head. Head. Yeah. Uh, kind of go, yeah. It's there. Yeah. I, Achiever Guaranteed is what kind of keeps you um, going. I think that strength of all of your top five is what I heard the most um, when you were talking earlier. So I think Achiever just knowing that your, your internal stamina is going to be a lot stronger than the folks around who don't have Achiever High. Um, but it's amazing because you're going to get more done. And then the last one on the number five um, is Belief. Belief and self-assurance are a little bit similar sometimes. Um, self-assurance is that internal intuition, kind of, I just feel like this is right. Belief folks have a core set of values that they bounce everything off of. So whatever it is, it could be a small decision, it could be a huge decision, but whatever it is, that's, if it doesn't mesh with that, with what that belief system is, it's just not going to be. And most people, I think, have belief. Those around you know what some of those beliefs are for you um, because you've communicated them at some point or you've kind of made it known in some way that this is a non-negotiable. So you kind of talked a little bit um, with Cedric earlier about that, but what do you consider to be some of those non-negotiables? Hmm. Um, oh, definitely. You say you're going to do something. Mm. I expected, you know, never to, to change. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times that I have, sometimes I, I'll I get to where it, it's uh, you have to uh, kind of like adjust this path. Mm. From the standpoint of, of if this happens, and this has to be the outcome, and I can't really work around it. Yeah. Than, you know, he did something I guess there's always kind of a, a straight path for if you're going to do this, then do this. Okay. It does. But, um, but that's definitely a, a non negotiable. Morals are usually a good part of them. Yeah. For most people with belief, there's kind of um, there's a moral compass, I think. And again, that seems a little bit similar to self-assurance. Self-assurance also has a compass. Um, but it just is more about sort of what seems like the smart, the right, right, using your knowledge, what the correct thing is to do. And belief is uh, just is rooted in what you already have. Kind of what makes that decision. Um, what's great about you having belief is I know people know where you stand all the time, right? And for being a leadership role, I'm not sure you can ask for much more, you know, for, for those that you're leading to be able to say, you know, I know James is going to think this way about this and he's going to think this way about this and that's unwavering and doesn't change. So belief in a leadership position, I think, is uh, invaluable. Where we have to kind of watch belief, you know, show that too. Um, we can sort of like cement our feet 
uh, on some things. Yeah. And it makes sense. Not what I was trying to say. No. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Where it's, it's hard. It's hard for us to sometimes consider an alternative, especially if it feels like it's pushing against the core value of our own. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, because that's the case, I think anytime you start to feel that, um, and I, I talk to people at TPG a lot about feeling as though your, you know, your strengths are being pushed up against. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. You kind of know whatever those push buttons are for you that something's happening. Whenever you feel that way, that's usually one of your strengths kind of getting pushed up against the wall. Right. Um, belief is one of the easiest ones to feel when that happens. And so what it does, just kind of challenging yourself, like what core value or what moral, what is it that's making me kind of have that visceral reaction to that? Um, to learn a little bit more about what those really deep core values are for yourself. So we can pretty dive in my top five. Yeah. 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 Okay. So just quickly to kind of, we've gone over your top five, but um, to go over those two areas that I think I um, heard you speaking with Cedric about um, that you wanted to improve upon. And, you know, I think good leaders are always talking about um, or reflecting on what it is that they can improve upon to be the best leader that they can be. The first one that I heard you say was being better at networking. Um, you are right. I mean, it's just kind of comes with the territory. And what's interesting about your full 34 list, um, the relationship building strengths, uh, the majority of them are at the bottom of your list. So they're, <laughs> they're like 27 through 34. Yeah. Um, I laughed a little bit when I read it, <laughs> when I got to report, because I thought, oh, this is, look at this guy. Um, so I sort of saw you as a challenge because, you know, competition. Mm -hmm. uh, but what that usually means, it doesn't mean that you can't relate to people, obviously. It doesn't mean you don't have empathy. You know, if I came in the room and said something happened to my dog, you would have empathy for me because you're human. Um, what it does mean, though, is that if you have to go about relating to other people in a more non-traditional way, since those relationship building strengths are lower. So when it comes to networking, um, you know, you might not get enthused about thinking about going to an networking event and like working in the room and, you know, kind of schmoozing people or getting started with it's exhausting, I'm imagining, right? Like you just, you know, like I just don't. Yeah, not really. I'm going to listen to else, right. So if I were going to suggest using your top five, um, a different way maybe to approach that, I would probably say one of three things. Um, the first one that comes to mind is competition because it's easiest to motivate, I think, one of the easiest. Um, so whether that's, if you're going to a networking event with somebody, I would create a competition with the other person. I'm gonna get 12 more cards in your list. Like that's how to not say right? So now it's not, you're not putting yourself into this I need to relate to somebody, like I need to, you know, get on some sort of human level with them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. That's not going to bring you any energy at all, and you're going to hate it. But if you're approaching that working from a competition standpoint, you're going to come alive, right? right? And it's going to be motivating. You're going to leave the event with some energy boost to it, um, because of course you will have beaten whoever it is that you came from, right? Um, and then another one that I was thinking was sort of a combination of strategic achievers. So. Strategic, you already know going in who you need to be, right? I mean, you. Yeah. I can hear you. You know, in the way that you talk, self-assurance, especially, like, kind of know these are some new partners we need to meet, some clients we potentially need, and probably need somebody in this industry would be helpful. That's your strategic all the time. 
right, thinking about that. So go into a networking event with a specific plan in mind of who you need to meet. So then it's a little bit more of um, that this is how you can be not going in with the plan of being just making too nebulous right. and it's not energizing, right? You don't know who you're going to meet. But like going in and kind of pinpointing those folks out could be a Hopefully that'll make it not as painful when you have to go to networking events. I actually don't, uh, I kind of do the same thing in going to network events a little bit and use competition too um, to, to try and win people. So, okay, the other one about taking your intensity down. What did you, what does that mean? I think more than anything, it, it, it's probably uh, understanding that everybody's not me. Yeah. You know, so um, I may, uh, sometimes you can be so intense you may be intimidated, you know? Yeah. And people kind of not perform as well. Yeah. So I, I think it's just that in general. For the most part, it's just being able to take a deep breath, you know, be a little bit more relaxed, I guess. Yeah. Um, like the fear can be more relaxed. Um, just to be able to, to, to better interact with some people. Some people like it, but others, they do. others don't. Yeah. You know, so it's just being able to understand who your audience is. Right. I think I agree. Um, the one thing that is important, I think, for you to note is not to, I mean, these are this is talent. I mean, it's just flat out strength. So, Making sure, I think the first step um, to make sure that you're not kind of watering yourself down a little bit is even using something like this to kind of start to have some one on ones with some people that you work with most and share your results with them. Right? You can go online and you can, you can download specific um, descriptions about each of your strengths and hand those to the couple people you work with the most and say, hey, which one of these do you see the most in me? Or which one do you see maybe causes me the most problems with you? or um, which one do you love that you rely on right, for me the most? That can help you give kind of a baseline because often we don't, how we're coming across people might be really different from how we think we are. I mean, certainly if we've got feedback from maybe 60 or something, that's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's a good starting point too for you with one-on-one folks to kind of see um, maybe some people are a little intimidated by self-assurance, right? But being able to talk about that strength with them, you know, so they don't think, oh, he just wants to you know, come to the thing and he knows it all, and it's his way of the highway, you know, they can learn a little bit more about what that strength is, the power of it, right? And being able to say, well, we have somebody on a team who is so confident in how we do things that we can send them to any group anywhere, and he will preach our gospel, right? And we know he will, and we have confidence behind it. Um, so that would be my first suggestion for sure. And the intensity part is right. So we, our strengths, I kind of, um, in the strengths coaching world, we talk a lot about what we call balconies and basements. And that's balconies when our strength is functioning really well. So we're using it productively, it's helping us build relationships, it's helping us get things done. The basement is sort of when your strength is hangry, in a sense. Um, it's sort of out of control. Maybe you're in a situation that makes it nuts. Um, and so it's understanding what those basements are a little bit to kind of help component and use it for good. Right. Uh, and, but 
in regards to showing care, um, I think the first thing to do, like I said before, is to share your results. And then really, for those that you're, you're closest with, um, knowing theirs, I mean, not to push sending the test, not to bash people, but it takes a lot of guesswork, kind of thing. Knowing what their strengths are, to be able to look and say, okay, I don't have to try and figure out what motivates them or what they need. It's just what they need. So I can figure out how to use my own strengths to, you know, get that need of theirs taken care of um, without forcing yourself into a mold that you know. Because right. then they'll fail. But it's just there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, do you have any questions or anything else about this that you want to go over? Um, and I haven't, and I literally have not looked at it. So we can have like another session after the podcast. <laughs> Something important to note since you have your full 34 before we go. Um, the bottom of the list, so that kind of 30 through 34, sometimes people look at that and think about um, those are your weaknesses, kind of the areas that you really struggle with. I actually don't think that's the case. I think your weaknesses are actually the one through five um, when they're in the basement. So if you kind of go back and think about like, this is when I'm at worst, that's probably where it needs to be. But yeah, I really enjoyed time. I appreciate it. Yeah.